we are here with our special interview guests. Yes. Have you guessed who they would be? Drum roll, please. We brought our spouses in Yay! <laughs> They've been listening this whole time, it's actually. It's a Christmas surprise. It's a Christmas miracle. Mm-hmm. A Christmas special to have these two wonderful working professionals just taking time out of their day <laughs> to talk about our gimmick for the, for the episode, which yep. is... Which is... Christmas punting it over to you (laughs) holiday romance films yes Mm -hmm. and what did we what did we do with the holiday romance film gimmick yes so each couple watched their own film we we debated whether or not you know we should select one but we decided let's customize it according to Mm -hmm. you know our yeah our our households um and we haven't told one another which film we chose to watch yeah and the key was to watch either a hallmark christmas film or a hallmark Ask, yeah, Christmas film. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, should we introduce them? So, yeah, I'll introduce what did you guys. I'll introduce my. Well, okay, let's oh, wait, introduce wait, yeah. the guests. Yes, yeah, let's yeah, that's the right. People. Guest first. Guest first. Guest first. Then the movie. Um, mm-hmm. My wife Susan Melendez Doke is Susan. here. Welcome, Susan. Yay. We clap so in the studio. This is fun. <laughs> Susan is um, the owner of a group therapy practice called Newberg Counseling and Wellness here in Newburgh. Little advertisement for free on the pod. <laughs> Um, to our dozens of listeners, Susan and I have been married for it'll be 17 years 17 this May years. in May of tw- 2018. So it's a long time. <laughs> I'm getting older. So is Brian. We're getting older. It's well, true. we are too. Actually, we have been married for 17 years. Oh. This is my husband, Thomas Payne, not Thomas. the American founding father. Not the founding father. But <laughs> different spelling. Disambiguation. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you look him up on Wikipedia, you find a totally different character. Mm. But um, yeah, this this Thomas Payne is a clinical chaplain at Providence, Portland. Can we say that on a podcast? Does it matter? I think it's fine, yeah. Okay, that's great. You know, I want to make sure I'm not violating any HIPAA laws. So interestingly enough, both of our spouses are in the helping profession. So They need to help us. Yeah. That's the key. Yes. <laughs> Just a little joke there. We've, yep. we've got Christmas vibes going here in the studio. Yes. Um, we, were, we tried to wear, you know, at least like Christmas colors, mm-hmm. like Leah wearing a dark kind of burgundy-ish. Mm-hmm. Susan and I somehow have matching plaid red shirts on. Oh no, no, it's not matching. You have like a preppy like buffalo check. I have like you have like a flannel. That's buffalo check. Real flannel. (laughs) Never heard of it. Like Eddie Vedder flannel. You're yeah. There are two different kinds of flannel, and yours is not my. Yours is cozy cabin Christmas flannel to me. Flash Eddie Vedder. <laughs> yeah, we should have a fire roaring here in the background. All right, yep. look, let's get down to it. Thomas, hearing that story about the Define the Relationship talk at the wedding, you yep. monster. <laughs> <laughs> you right. monster. Yeah. I just want to say on behalf of our listeners, you monster. How dare you? All on video, you. too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you, do you, did you remember that moment the same way that, that, that she did as she was telling it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I was pretty animated, and uh, she was just listening, and then the videographer panned the wedding reception and offered a running commentary. And nice. So the months later, when our friends who were the bride and the groom of this wedding got their videotape, my buddy called me yeah. and said, you will not believe <laughs> What's you there? and Leah's pseudo breakup conversations a uh, part of our wedding video and oh man it's so wonderful for him <laughs> happily ever after happily ever after yeah. susan what about you do you remember that the the guitar moment i don't think i remember that moment <laughs> i was probably 
thinking about my shoe. I yeah. yeah. I didn't know that Brian wanted to have some kind of moment. That's so sweet. I know. You know, we were just alone at midnight, spending increasing amounts of time alone together. In a <laughs> As small you college. do. As you do. As one does. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that um, actually really well. And so, yeah, I was just wondering, when, when did you think like that moment was going to happen? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I I was one of those people I never like wanted to like get my hopes up about having some like amazing like dating experience in college. Mm, like I mm-hmm. was definitely not I, I wasn't really there to to try to find like a husband. Like there was no like ring before spring kind of thing in my life. But mm. even though that's um, what we did. Which is <laughs> yes, ironically exactly what happened. <laughs> that's so sweet. But Brian ended up uh asking me on our first date for my birthday. Wow, Which is high stakes. Like a Seinfeld Pretty episode. Risky. Isn't there a Seinfeld yeah. episode about that? Going on a date on your birthday? Is there? there is, yeah, okay. Yeah, C- clearly not a Seinfeld crowd here, but there is, okay. But anyway. So, so yes. Yeah, so, he took me out on a date on my birthday, and um, and we actually have pictures from our first date mm. because someone in my dorm had the foresight to yeah, because, snap some because photos between, like a paparazzi. Yeah. Between the dinner really? and the movie, we came back to her dorm and we got basically like mobbed with people who knew what was going on. Like, mm-hmm. So it was fun, super cheesy in that respect. The fun thing about being at a Christian or like a small college of any sort, and I'm thinking now because we- And this was a like small Christian college. Yeah. It was. Yes, it is was. Everyone is kind of a celebrity. You know, so it's like everyone it's knows what it's everyone's true. doing. This was before social before media. Before social media, it was. It, there was just like people gossiping and, <laughs> and so, watching you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, t- gossiping to each other in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Novel. Yeah. Yeah. I liked uh-huh. it. I mean, I thought that was great. Yeah. That Aww. atmosphere. That was fun. <laughs> was. that. Uh-huh. Going down memory lane here. Okay, okay. So, what? Which? Um, which film did you guys choose to watch? Now it's the time for the big reveal. <sighs> yes, the big reveal. Okay, so Thomas is new to this genre of film. Mm. I will confess that I've seen many a Hallmark-esque Christmas film. Mm-hmm. And but this this was Thomas's first time. So he was like, I don't even know what we're supposed to be watching. And so <laughs> I said, Well, I'll show you a few trailers. So we went and we went through a few of them and um we actually we only got to like the second one and it was one called the spirit of christmas which mm-hmm. involves a lonely career woman who doesn't know that she's lonely and that she's prioritized work over her oh. you know love life who goes to a picturesque new england inn and meets as what, one does as thomas said a sexy ghost so <laughs> a as ghost? Soon as we no see, no wait that no, was it an actual ghost yeah the yeah, love interest the, spirit the male love interest is a ghost getting weirder was this on netflix it, it's on netflix so this yeah. is not a hallmark movie this is a netflix movie the spirit of christmas but hmm. it is recognizably in that this particular genre but he's like this super handsome ghost so and how Thomas do you know he's like, a ghost whoa how? whoa whoa you had me at sexy ghost <laughs> oh, no. so because there's I mean there's kind of ghost story Christmassy mm-hmm. so you have Charles Dickens sure sure Christmas Carol but then also uh one of the Bronte sisters writes Weathering Heights. Not Weathering Heights, but um, Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre. Yeah. Yeah. Has this kind of scary tone to it. So I thought, oh that oh that might be fun, but it was not that. Okay, so we get, <laughs> hold on, we gotta we gotta slow it down. We gotta slow it down at this point. I'm just I'm creeped out, but I'm intrigued. I'm yeah. Yeah. Hi so does she actually so do her and the 
I'm trying to think about how to formulate the question. Like, do her and the ghost, do they become a couple? Are <laughs> 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 we just going to talk honestly? Spoiler yeah, no, alerts no, and everything? Spoiler, no, this yeah. is, no, yeah, spoilers are out. The, we're, this yeah. is spoiler-rama here. We got yeah. yeah, like, so... And part of the problem is they don't really like make anything kind of plausible, but like they, so they don't explain really like why this this why this ghost guy this uh, is totally tangible and material. He is and material. Though. They can right, touch. Right. They can kiss. Yeah, right. And then he okay. just decides. Of course, they don't have sex because that's part of the genre. You don't really do that till the end. But um, they just end up together, and he just decides in his ghost cosmology that he's gonna like. <laughs> Just like I want to stay with you. Does she know he's a ghost right away? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, how does so. she know? Like, how do you know that this is a ghost? How do they tell us that in the story? <sighs> okay, I'll give you the nuts and bolts. She was. Um, she's an attorney, and she like this inn is a part of an estate sale or something like that. So she has to go to the to the inn and sell it. But they're having a problem getting it appraised because this ghost is creeping people out. Oh. So she's like, I'm not afraid of ghosts. She sets the alarm. But she's also like this high-powered workaholic attorney who can't emotionally commit in her any of her relationships. And not only that, she can't even date a real guy in the end. Yeah. And <laughs> it's in, a ghost. She's in, dating a ghost. In the course of the film, I should also say this is parenthetical she's beautiful she looks like a living version of ariel from the little mermaid and she's also thomas was like yeah she's gone a lot she's gotten really far in her life for being like 23 (laughs) yeah so she's (laughs) super young right but she's this high-powered attorney (laughs) like right so you have is the ghost law school and the bar and then but she's just is the ghost 23 too or is he like immortal is he like hundreds of years old he he's about a hundred years old the the setting he died as a result of a rum run during prohibition Prohibition. (laughs) yeah which i was into because i like that era yeah yeah, but um Just put but a little I, history in there for the history <laughs> box. Yeah, and it feels what? that arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. Like when the history pops up, it's just kind of like yeah. this widow maker, like what? Yeah. yeah. He's like, I prefer she's like, I th- you're a bootlegger? I prefer the term <laughs> rum runner. And what? <laughs> he is astoundingly a man from the early twentieth century who's not sexist at all. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just like yeah, he's a, That's he's a, the most plausible. He, he's a contemporary <laughs> man. Yeah. He's yeah, the only he's one. A philosopher. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then throughout the movie, he speaks, I guess, like the writers would assume that somebody of that era would speak. Like they had watched like, you know, Ken Burns' <laughs> Civil War where they have the readings of all these letters. <laughs> yeah. And so, but this character like speaks oh, yes. that way. And this is, The winter was a hard one. Exactly. Back in the day. Yeah. Exactly. But it was a fortnight since we'd met. Right? <laughs> but he's not writing that way. He's talking that way yeah. conversationally. Oh. And she's in totally modern, contemporary vernacular. Yeah. And, I, you know, this isn't, I think we've all, it's not like Shakespeare, right? So he's not, uh, it's not like a really com- convincing performance between mm-hmm. the two of them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. The chemistry so was maybe yeah. like, yeah, okay. So tell us about what you guys watched. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell. So we selected an actual Hallmark movie. Oh, yay. It was on YouTube because we don't have cable that has... We have Hulu TV, not cable TV, so we don't have the Hallmark channel. Oh, yeah, we don't either. And it's not on Netflix or Hulu, so... And I think but YouTube. Called... YouTube has hundreds of Hallmark Christmas oh, movies. so many, so many. Hard to choose. We spent uh, a while kind of 
you can tool around for a long time. For a long time. So you can watch yeah. a lot of these trailers. There's a series called When Calls the Heart that apparently is everything oh, yeah. right now in Hallmark. Like our, our Susan's sister was over at her house a little while ago for Thanksgiving and she's into that. And so we thought, is there a When Calls the Heart Christmas? Turns out there, there are, but the 2018 one is not out yet. And oh, so, man. But right. they had those up there. We didn't know. Right, right. So, so we watched... A Rocky Mountain Christmas? Rocky Mountain Christmas. Rocky Mountain Christmas. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. Yes. The plot was, you know, not as implausible as the one you described <laughs> with a ghost. I'm still just creeped out by this ghost. I, I just can't get over it. Our um, movie is sounding better and better. Yeah, ours is, ours is like a the Golden Globe nominee compared to that. <laughs> okay. and so, you set the bar very well. High the standards, you So, know? yeah, so it's about a woman who's like, she's a, a hairy professional with of just course. too much going on interior designer new york hotel. city with a huge apartment yeah she's just <laughs> yeah. broken up with her boyfriend who's like a tech guru who's like in the news and now he's dating an actress and she's got paparazzi outside the hotel where she works taking pictures of her oh but she's kind of like a down-home girl hmm. really from colorado who doesn't really mm-hmm. get back to her hometown very often. Oh. But she needs to get away. Right. Have to get away. Someone has to get away in these films. Yeah. Why is that right away? Like, what, what is it with the sociology of these films? It's psychology. Why does the woman have to go away? Oh, I've got a lot of theories on that. Yeah. Any, anybody, I want to hear from... An, anybody have a thought? Suze, why do you think the yeah. woman in these movies has to go away? Hmm. Well, there's something there about the idea that you you can't find love in your current circumstance mm. or there's something blocking you a barrier in your right. in your current life mm-hmm. in your Ooh. career that's right and it usually so, yeah, is women, associated with career for women it's careers or like so some women, kind yes. of sleazy guy situation right. cheating or so- something like that has come up listen up ladies your careers and sleazy guys are holding you back according to Hallmark <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean I think that's really true and I think there's something about how like the the women need to be disciplined a little bit in the in the plot, you know. Mm. So it's like mm-hmm. they have this urban life that affords them like these opportunities, but like their their authentic selves or like their more virtuous selves belong mm. outside the urban. Because even in the one that we watched, mm-hmm. she works in Boston, and she Boston is always this place where she's she's like fielding calls from her boss and stuff. But she really belongs in this, you know, rural setting. A very domestic space. A right. domestic space, yeah. yeah. Is the boss a male? Yeah, uh, yes. So we had a boss, there was a boss in ours too, was who she, was a male, who was constantly male. calling her. And she had to get away from the boss in order to mm. connect with the, you know, with her true life. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, that just makes it deeper right there because it's like, okay, you have to get away from this, like, it's like a false husband you could call it like a false oh, husband yeah. motif. Like the boss is the false husband that must be rejected. Kind of like Odysseus must re- must reject the false suitors, the Circes and the, you know, the sirens along the way in order to reconnect with his true spouse. So the woman in this genre must reject her, her, her work husband to go and leave her career, you know, mm-hmm. that she's too attached to. Did you just go full Homer? I went full Homer. <laughs> full Homer. <laughs> full Homer. <laughs> okay. <that's it. laughs> we cover a lot of ground. We cover yeah. a lot of ground. Okay. So, so what does she do then? Take, take it away, Susan. Yeah. Where does the plot go? <laughs> so she goes home to the yes. family ranch. Uh, and there's always something that you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So Secrets. So you start to see that the family members are the main uh, people are her her. Her uncle is there, who's just lost 
her aunt, and then... And then we introduce a key motif in all of these, which is a death that that emotionally snags you in. I've heard that this is common in Hallmark movies. They plan a death always. Someone has oh. died. And this one actually has two deaths. So there's okay. there's there's the death of, um, of the mother figure, who is actually her aunt, who kind of took over the mother role. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you have... Then she tells us a little bit more later about the... Um, that her mother was um, was just not there because she ran after her dreams oh. to, to be an actor, to be an actress. Oh, her ambitions. No. She if went you will. to the city. Oh, you're looking. At, Leah's looking at a picture of the couple right now on her computer. Is this them? <laughs> there they are. Oh, that's them. Yeah, yeah, there yes. they are. Her name was, I think, Sarah or something like that, and he had a very generic name as well. Graham. Todd. Todd. Oh, Graham. Graham. Something. Yeah. Something. Graham. Graham Mitchell, maybe. Yeah. Graham Mitchell, and he's he's very handsome, and I've seen this guy in other things before. Mm-hmm. But um, what I think tells you he's the one he's sexy is that he's wearing a black leather jacket. Yes. Boom. That, to me that communicates like, it. For sure. That's and, it. And she's wearing a flannel shirt, which is <gasps> not like so you, different Susan. from Susan's shirt right oh, now. Wow, that's that. yes. Maybe we were subliminally influenced. Okay. So she gets, okay. So she gets there to this ranch uh-huh. and she's trying to just like, just trying to have girl time with her childhood friends and like, just let it all behind, you know, just leave mm-hmm. it all behind mm-hmm. and, and kind of detox from her corporate life. But um, she gets roped into putting on a Christmas parade that her aunt had put on for years, but now she's dead. They keep reminding us over and over again, like, well, ever since Aunt May died, like, <laughs> we, we Aunt have- Beth. Be- Aunt Beth. Aunt Beth, yeah, Aunt Beth. Oh, okay. Ever since Aunt Beth died, we haven't had the Christmas thing. So this whole town is just, is only obsessed with Aunt Beth and the Christmas parade she would put on. Small town, by the way, they were saying. Was it really a small town? It looked like a town of like 50,000 people. It looked pretty fancy for a small town. Mm. A little too big for a small town, in my opinion. Uh, so anyway, she gets there, but and who comes along? Mr. Handsome in the black leather jacket, who's an, who is, surprise, to be. an actor. What? And who is there, he says, to try to like learn study ranch. Study for a role. Study for a role. Uh, How did you guess? You, yes. Well, this is not my first... <laughs> Ranch first hand- go around. Not your first rodeo? No. So, <laughs> so he wants to experience ranch hand life for an upcoming role, but oh. really he has a secret too. <gasps> what is it? His secret is. What is it? He actually doesn't have anyone to be with for what? Christmas. He's lonely. He's, He's a lonely, lonely cowboy. He lost his family when he was a teenager, his parents. We and so, And he doesn't really like Christmas. Christmas is a sad time for him. Mm. He doesn't connect with the quote, spirit of Christmas. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm not into all the spirit of Christmas stuff. <laughs> bah humbug. <laughs> like, it's, it's like that kind of acting. It's that level right there. And so Sarah is the one who, te- so she then is teaching him about being a rancher. Which oh. includes making wreaths. Wreaths? Wreaths He's for also the helping her with the parade. Hey, so you want me to make these wreaths? Is this part of being a ranch hand? <laughs> you be quiet, cowboy. Like, it was a lot of, it was a lot of stuff like did that. Did she call him cowboy? Oh, yeah, all the time. Wow. Oh, really? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. No. Yes, she did. That never that happened. Seems like it's I'm going to queue up a scene right now. Yes, like, kind of, lying. <laughs> kind of like romance novel-y territory Oh, it was, it was bad. It was, parts of it were honestly unwatchable, I thought. Like in terms of its quality. Well, every time they kind of got close, you know, they their their bodies got a little bit yeah. closer, and you thought they might have a moment. Like someone's phone rang. Right. Right. Technology mm. intruding upon our lives, mm-hmm. or or his co-star for his upcoming film arrived. Oh. The foil, the blonde-haired. Yeah. Well, you know, she was she was kind of annoying in a way, not really an endearing character. So it was clearly we weren't rooting for her. We of were course. rooting for Sarah, okay. the designer. But she has an interest in Graham, and that's why why she's there. That's pretty clear. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, right. the, yeah. The co-star has an interest, and so that's that's the competition then. But then they realize that their relationship was never real or something, and then <laughs> cue the ending. Everything. Wait, but it all happens at the parade, right? The parade was a big. Well, first of all, they were called away. the The, the actors were called away t- before Christmas after oh. Graham had promised to be the Christmas marshal, <gasps> grand been, marshal for the parade. Oh, since he'd been falling in love with Sarah him. or whatever her name was, um, but th- so then he has to make a choice. Then, then old Uncle whatever gives us gives a speech like, "When I was a young man, I was to take a train back home in Chicago, and I still have that ticket because I never took that train because I stayed and met my wife there. You should think about that." And he's like, "Hmm, okay." And then he stays, and then that you know. So, so w- this is a question that I have for all of us here. I'd love to hear Thomas and Susan reflect on this. But I'm thinking of a classic scene in Goodwill Hunting. Does everyone remember that oh, yes. film? Mm-hmm. And there's this wonderful moment where Matt Damon's character is making the decision that he's going to go after Minnie oh, Driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he talks to the Robin Williams therapist character, and he oh. talks about how he missed seeing like some amazing World Series or something. Baseball, yeah. Baseball? Okay, yeah, because he had to go see about a girl. Right, mm-hmm. which is essentially the exact same argument, mm. but delivered in the you know the the amazing acting chops of mm-hmm. of Robin Williams. Like I I teared up. What is the difference? Robin Williams. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I mean everything. Like the right, <laughs> like the writing is really smart and crisp, mm. and mm. it's well acted and uh, produced and. I think the entire context <laughs> around that uh, statement uh, uh, makes a world of difference. What do you think about this motif, Thomas? This idea, like in romance, you have to like give up what's important to you. Like, is that your experience? Like in in getting to know Leah and getting married and stuff like that. Like, is that how? Is that a believable trope? He gave his dreams up. Did you give your dreams up? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, that's just a really simple, you know, marital dynamics and relational dynamics are complicated and there is sacrifice, but it's just uh, so much more nuanced and lived out over time uh, than those movies are just, you know, caricatures. What, what about for you, Susan? Was your love for Brian your dream killer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, no. But that was always my fear. Mm. Right. So I think that especially as a woman, I think there is this idea there, there's this fear that um, that you'll have to be in some kind of relationship and give up your ambitions or mm-hmm. your dreams. And I was, you know, so so and I had I think I'd probably broken up with people for that reason. Like, oh, I don't I, don't, I think, you know, I don't see us together in the future. I see me like kind of being your support, but not necessarily being able to live out any of my dreams. Mm. So but that hasn't been the case for us, I don't think at all. Quite the opposite. You guys seem mm. like good. This is so cheesy. Good, like dream co-creators. Aww, thank you. Created. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you guys too. I mean, you hear our four people who have like dual careers, just like pumping ourselves. Yep. How wonderfully we've lived out. <laughs> We're so we've done this amazing. Very, very we, well. The four people yeah. you're listening to have done this very, very well. <laughs> no lack of sleep. We have done life very no well. No arguments over household. We never. Yeah, we never have childcare problems. Never a childcare problem. <laughs> never two people hogging the mic. Never that kind of thing. We never have those problems. It is kind of a cliche, though. I think in some ways, like I have, and I have had. You know, I'm not. I'm not so like invested in the way that we've tried to live our lives as dual career people that like I can't admit where its shortfalls are. It, oh, clear, sure. it clearly has pitfalls. Like, right, right. you know, like 
especially when, you know, we have many occasions to be jealous of our wonderful friends who have different arrangements and just to see the kind of clarity that they have about certain things and the kind of flexibility in, mm-hmm. in the worker's life that we just don't have. And it's frustrating. It's really frustrating mm-hmm. because now, especially with, you know, Susan being a business owner and I'm a professor, we can't, it's not like someone can pull rank over the other person in terms of like, well, my job is like the real job. Right. right. And so it doesn't work like that. And that, you know, it has draw, it has drawbacks. Like it's frustrating. And a lot <laughs> a of lot. negotiation. I mean, I think when you, you know, when you sort of have a lot of, I'd say equal weight, um, you're constantly negotiating every little thing. You're arguing, you're negotiating yeah. when you're going to, where you're going to spend time, who's going to be with kids when. And that's really exhausting. It would be more simple sometimes to have that all agreed upon ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It'd be more simple if I were a ghost and Leah <laughs> right. were dating a ghost. Right. <laughs> sometimes I feel like I am dating a ghost. <laughs> what this is like <laughs> I think you know and you guys may be better better people than we are but I think the hardest part of that because uh, yeah I agree there's like a constant negotiation but it's knowing that you're doing things a little bit differently than people around you like there's like the pressure of of kind of the traditional um, gender roles that come from like a in our context an evangelicalish background like mm-hmm. that you know you're not doing things the way previous generations have have done them or maybe right. even right. the way that other people around you are doing them so it's hard to, for me at least to feel like am I failing in this one way or when the natural tensions come up mm-hmm. then it's like mm-hmm. you know it, it that makes it harder for me. the judgment comes on the moms too I think mostly I mean that's what it's because there's just this primal kind of thing Sure, and I think I think that goes with like lots of praise on on the dad, like for parenting, <laughs> yeah. for example. <laughs> what do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I mean, one one thing I was thinking about is it's like both careers kind of have to come to terms with that. Um, we, we both won't invest in our careers the way we would mm-hmm. if we could focus on one. Right. If we could focus right. the household mm-hmm. on one. Um, so we're both kind of compromising at the level of attention we can give to our work for the sake of the whole, um, which has its pressure valves to it for sure. So. Mm-hmm. I, our girls constantly, so we have to drop them off at school. Just wait, your school days. I know, uh, I know, yeah. I know, I know. You've got we're one in school yet. now, but but you know, but you still have to do school drop offs. But when you've got you know, when you've got them going to school. Um, you know, there's this issue of like who's going to do the drop offs, right? Oh, and I said to yeah. our girls, so Susan, little known fact, Susan is not a morning person <laughs> at all. Like Susan does she not like- She seems like she's great every time of day. You would think, um. you would think. The morning, it's just like anger, like hatred in her heart <laughs> in the morning. And it's like this every it's morning. Grumpy, okay? yeah, it's grumpy, okay? It's grumpiness. I don't buy and the hatred. girls are, and the girls, like they're always wanting mama. Who's going to take us, who's going to take us to school? Mama, 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 take us to school. And I said to the girls the other day, I like actually just <laughs> tried to rationalize with them. I said to them, and we, our girls are nine and five years old. Our nine-year-old is like a nine-year-old going on 16. Yeah, our she's very mature. Our five-year-old is like five going on two. Like, like they're going in very different directions. So I said to them, I, like very rationally, I was like, girls, I noticed that you're always wanting mama to take you to school in the morning. But I also noticed that mama's always in a bad mood in the morning. Didn't you ever notice that? Like, why would you? you I'm the one playing, I'm the one playing, um, you know, the radio really loud on the way to school and downloading songs off of iTunes to play you and having all this fun. But yet you want mama to take you to school? Can you explain that? I said, like, can you explain that to me? They both, I said, Nova, can you explain that? And she just laughed. And I said to the younger one, like, Junie, can you explain this? And there was a silence and she just went, 
mama. (laughs) Because it's primal, this connection, you know? And so I think women, I mean, just to that point, like women have to bear, you know, this, the brunt of that primal child connection that maybe it is biological in that sense. Like there's just no way to really extract the mom from the child. The attachment. Yeah. Yeah. It's attachment. I mean, I think there's an attached, a different kind of attachment that happens with the father, but there, that is a very biological attachment. When you really think about it, their body was in your body. Right. Yeah. And actually I think what we know now too is that is that you know part of their part of their biology continues to remain in the woman's body even oh, later on wow. um throughout the course of your life. So there is something wow very biological that 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 is going on there. That's really deep. That's too deep. Too too much. <laughs> no, <laughs> You've taken it too is. deep spouses. So therefore mama. Therefore yeah. mama. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas, did you did you enjoy the movie that you guys watched? <laughs> so you know, I started out, you know, because I, I I was watching it, and you know, I always when I engage art, and I use that term very liberally, um, <laughs> I I always want to just say, you know, think in terms of like uh, I couldn't make a movie myself. If I made a movie, it'd be horrible. So I want to be charitable with this. Um, and I don't want to be cynical or overly critical, but it was just really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, see. I try. I don't know. Like, mm. uh, I, I couldn't make a movie as well as that, but that's why I don't make movies. Mm. <laughs> well, I bet if we all sat down, we could write a Hallmark romance, probably it, a really good one. It would be hilarious. What if we did a whole podcast season, which was just us like telenovela, like soap opera style, like old timey radio acting oh, one out? Yeah. Would that, that be a would fun be idea? Awesome. But you would quote Homer in the middle of it, <laughs> so it would yeah. like unravel. Yeah. I ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I I have a question for you all, which is like, what do you think? Oh, okay. What do you think is, um, if it, in maybe a sentence or two, like, what is religious about these films? Yeah. Did you did you see? Is there some religion. kind of spirituality that you saw in there? Some kind of religious impulse at the heart of this of these romantic, of this romantic silliness. <sighs> I mean, really short. I, I think people are interested in love, um, but you know, uh, a lot are. You know, at least from my Christian bias, uh, they don't. They're not going to take time to unpack like what sacrificial love looks like, or like the complexities or the depth of religious communities that have reflected on what that actually means. Um, and so it just comes across a little flat. Mm-hmm. Susan, any reflections on the film? Its spirituality, its lack thereof. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think that, I th- I think it's most, mostly what I see is just the difference between kind of what they're, they're putting forth as traditional values and sort of the simple life, um, and how that's something like wholesome and good and something al- al- always to strive for. And if you do that, then you'll find love. Mm. There's, there's you know, a kind of a formula formula there that they're presenting. So, um, and so I guess in, in some ways that ties into um, some of those more traditional evangelical uh, values there. Oh, yeah, that's really good. How about you, Brian? I don't know. I'm just thinking about dating a ghost. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when, you add, when you add a ghost in there, you're introducing some like quasi silly spirituality always, you know. So I, now I want to go back and watch this. This this one that you guys did to me you should and I'm definitely <laughs> going to watch Rocky Mountain Christmas t- yeah, oh. today I almost said Rocky Horror Christmas which would be yeah, awesome similar. but totally yeah, different that's right um, to me the religious part I I think they're like co opting some of these films are co opting some 
like pretty foundational feelings that people have about Christmas. And even like you'll notice they're they'll have, you know, a Christmas party that has nothing to do on the surface with God or anything oh, like yeah, that, but no. they'll be playing totally like the secular. first Noel, yeah, you know? Yeah. So there, I almost feel like it's this weird kind of um, misfiring of like the performance of romantic love. And then the, in, in a very middle-class, usually white kind mm-hmm. of way, you know, and then they kind of like put this, this um, Christmas carol over it. So it's almost like you get this weird confusion of, you know, how should I be mm-hmm. feeling about this? Maybe it says something about, like, what what we think in our society about, like, a particular kind of romantic love. But, um, yeah, so I, I think that a lot of it is just, like, it's almost, it's just kind of confusing. But I will say that it's also very soothing. Mm-hmm. So I have played them while wrapping Christmas presents, and I recognize there are problems to these films, but there's something comforting about mm-hmm. exactly what you said, Susan, like that repetition of the mm. comfort and the, even though it's a, it has, I feel like it has not very much to do with my everyday life, but. Ladies, quit your job and find a ghost. <laughs> that's, that's, that's you really heard it what, here first. That's really what we're, where we're coming from here. Thank you, Susan, for coming on our show here and doing this. And thank you, Thomas. Thank <laughs> you.